good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there. This is episode 255 of Material Podcast, the podcast that is about Android, not necessarily all about Android, because that is a trademark term of another entity of which I have much affection and respect. Uh, and speaking of affection and respect, I am Andy Anatko, but more to the point, with us this week is, as usual, Florence Ion. Flo, how are you doing this week? Andy, that was that was great. <laughs> that was really good. Um, just as an aside, I, I'm I'm really buckling under the pressure of this quarantine right now, and I have to tell you that brought me a lot of joy. <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> that was a great intro. Yeah, joy, joy is. Uh, um, we I, 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 we're starting to like run low on whatever stockpiles we had set aside for emergencies, and so now we're sort of uh, we're sort of required to go out and find extra joy. Uh, it is easier to find than uh, flour, uh, although I did f- have find twenty pounds. I did buy uh, twenty pounds of flowers my last this week. It was my last piece of an obtainium. Um, I did. I although it was it was weird. The uh, because none of us have been in this situation before. Like there's no playbook to go by, and when you discover that you've got a good, I, I just I hit upon a, a good piece of therapy last night on eBay, where um, I just uh, every uh, I, I have a whole bunch of saved searches, things mm-hmm. that were kind of important for, or I, I was in the market for X, so I mm-hmm. bookmarked a whole bunch of searches, uh, and then the crisis, quote unquote, passed. You know the, I, the 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 sudden passion for I really need to get a pair of like chucka boots like the kind that uh, Detective Columbo had <laughs> Lieutenant Columbo had, you know it's look kind of own kind of beat up, and so anyway so uh, but every now and then I do like dive back into them to see especially clothing I've I've it's been years since I've uh, primarily bought my clothing new because I've, I discovered uh, later than most people that. Uh, secondhand clothing sellers on eBay, they're almost perfect. They're usually like clean and wonderful. And instead of uh, my usual thing, which is spending like $20, that's a lot to spend on a shirt and winding up spending $20 at like Marshall's for a really cheap, horrible shirt. If I go Mm -hmm. on eBay, I can spend $20 for a really well-made $100 shirt. And so I so I was looking I was looking through some of these some of these old bookmarks and found myself buying fall clothing. So I got to, I picked up oh, a sweater. I last, picked up last seasons. Well, uh, I don't. I'm a I'm a dude, so I don't know of seasons. I only know of <laughs> wool and coverage. Fair <laughs> and enough. Can, and can I button it up properly? But yeah, so I got so I, I bought a sweater and I bought like this really nice like wool. It's like uh, it's the sort of piece of fashion that you're really into if you have my really, really not very well tuned in idea of fashion. I.e., it's a it's like a wool uh, shirt that could cheat as sort of a blazer if, as I intend to do, I cut off like the white buttons on this dark blue slash black uh, wool shirt and replace them with like darker buttons. And I found, and I found myself like getting into this because mentally I was telling, mentally I was telling myself that, okay, we accept that summer is a wash that we're probably not going to be in positions where we need to dress up and be with people through definitely July, maybe even August. Let's let's mm. just accept that as a real possibility. But I'm also optimistic 
that thing so that I will be able to have like a regular traditional social life or at least traditional for me starting in September when it gets a little more chilly. And so I should have a nice sweater, a nice wool rich sweater. And I should have. And if there are things that I feel like would jazz up my wardrobe, I should get that. So I feel like I'm investing in uh, optimism for September and October, November. I haven't uh, I haven't I'm not so out of I'm not so uh, uh, Disney princessy first act of the movie singing and dancing (laughs) about it that i'm counting on being able to actually go to new york in october and see use my tickets to the met that i bought uh, a month or two ago but i'm but i am willing to invest 50 or 60 dollars in a very nice piece of wool clothing so so and i did i did feel a bit better you know what i've been doing the same thing (laughs) i mean i can't (laughs) i can't can't fib. I have been doing the same thing, you know, just kind of buying clothes, waiting for when this is all over and I can finally go out again. But I really, really started missing my friends this weekend Yeah, because it was my birthday and we were doing all the, you know, we were doing all the calls and the video chats and it made me just really just, it, it started to feel really bizarre. I'd never planned to, I don't know, I would have much rather seen all those people in person if I could have. The one upside was that I was able to see people I normally wouldn't see in person because they live so far away or in another state or whatever. Um, So that was nice. But it's starting to get to the point where it's like, well, this is probably going to be continuing from here on out. And the novelty is starting to wear off. Perfect. Yeah. Because at at first it was just like, oh, look at us. We're like on video. We're doing this. We can do this. We're great. Look. Oh, ha, ha. yeah, that's right. You're extroverted. You're not going to do good with this. Or, oh, ha, ha, you're introverted. You're going to be fine. Kind of thing. Look what I baked. Yeah, exactly. It was it was like that. But now it's just like, hey, I'm really tired of talking about how I feel about this quarantine. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I, I've recounted it. For the 20th time with, and not that I don't, I mean, not that I don't want to talk to my friends about how I'm feeling, but it's just getting to the point where like, this is all I can really talk to them about. Cause I don't have time to really deal with big feelings of other things, so to speak. Yes. So anyway, we're getting really deep in this, but mm. this is how it's made me feel. I'm at home all the time, just in my head. So <laughs> okay, Can I, can I uh, amuse you and maybe even the listeners further? To uh, perhaps another piece of therapy is my deciding that it's okay to suddenly become really passive aggressive about people that I feel are not taking the quarantine as seriously as mm. I am. Well, you so, got to let it out somehow, right? Yes, I think I think I found an amusing way to do it. Now, uh, there's a, you, you should go to Google uh, or go go to eBay or Amazon. There's this thing called railroad chalk. And it is like this, I guess it's for marking like railway boxcars or whatever with symbols of, I don't know, don't, there's this, this, there's this, we didn't pack the dynamite really well for shipment here. So you might want to be careful, whatever, but it's like big, huge, uh, thick of, uh, thick, uh, stalks of, uh, of, of, of chalk, uh, but also these special holders so that you don't get chalk all over your hands. And so I discovered these a while ago. Because uh, some because if you want to like draw on the sidewalk or whatever, it lets you kind of have fun with it. Now I had this. Then I had the second idea that uh, the the holder for it isn't meant to like go. It doesn't have like screw threads to so you can put it on the end of like a, a broom handle. But if you 
were to buy a broom handle, a nice oak one on Amazon for like nine dollars, uh, you could easily, with a the screwdriver, I'm sure, affix it to it. So you would have this big thing of chalk on the end of kind of like a Gandalf staff. So you could write really big on the sidewalk without having to be on your hands and knees. Okay. Imagining, so, I'm, I'm acting it out right now. Just imagining exactly. it like going out the window, this long, long, long stick. <laughs> So yeah, so 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 my idea is that I've I'm sick and tired of seeing all these people walking their dogs or in or in the case of this afternoon, three youths who were just like who got like takeout at like the the the, the sandwich and pizza place and no masks, no nothing, and they like pulled some chairs together outside and they were well 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 too close for what our governor had mandated and unfortunately if I were twenty years older. I would have the old man privilege of yelling at these people and just, and just, just scolding them, just scolding them the way that only a 70 year old man can scold a youth. Just read I'm sorry, him, Andy, read him I'm right off. At this. It's just, I might, the I'm, image of it is just really bring, it is bringing me joy. You said yeah, this is see? bring me some joy. So imagining you in this is bringing me joy. It's the role that I've been preparing for since I was 21 years old. Since since you you get this, I don't know what I don't know if it's the same situation for women. For men, like if you're a, a below the age of 15, they won't get on your back about it because okay, right. he's just a punk kid. Right. As, as soon as you're 16, 17, 18, you will get beaten up because you're mouthing <laughs> off to somebody and you're probably yes. littler than this 22, 23 year old person. Uh, and then and then you get older, and now if you do mouth off to somebody, it gets kind of fisty. You could be tried as an adult, also making it kind of difficult. That's why I, I'm look I'm looking forward to being seventy, not only because it means that I have, will not have died in the next twenty years, but also that I would now get the privileges uh, of being an old man. So the idea is that uh, when this, man, I'm, yes. I'm going to, I'm going to <laughs> assemble this tool, this six this like five six foot wand with this big thing of chalk on the end of it, and. Under the cover of darkness, because remember, I live like in the Times Square of this area. I can do this mm-hmm, easily, mm-hmm. like at eleven, eleven thirty at night. You know, but, 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 and I know, I I know when the popos are coming. I will not be there <laughs> when the popos are coming. And right, I don't know whether I'll do it in one big billboard-sized swath of the street, or maybe I will do it in a repeating sort of motif that goes all the way, like for half a mile down the sidewalk. But where is your mask? big question mark and like an accusatory phrases of that way like wouldn't you wouldn't you're kind of ugly without a mask on aren't you (laughs) question mark (laughs) oh boy hey hey jello face i don't care if you want to kill yourself and your entire family but i didn't volunteer to be killed by you because of your ignorance uh, me and my entire family and the people I love to, either. That's a lot to write in, on the see, street, but, by the way. But again, see, this this is where the genius <laughs> comes in. That I won't I won't have to be like stooped over, like bent over, and on my knees. I can be standing up the whole way. It's it's, it's almost like I'm operating a push broom. That's the easiest pie. Um. So as you can see, quarantine has really gotten to Andy. That this is what he is imagining himself doing. No, because... it's it's empowered me. <laughs> I, I have I have ordered the stick. I'm I'm not. This is not a hypothetical thing. It is on its way. It's arriving on Tuesday. So I've okay, got like Andy. I'm giving myself like one day for assembly of the apparatus, and probably okay. it means I could do it Thursday night. So it's everything is in place for the entire weekend. 
So I have to wait nearly two weeks to find out if you're successful on this. Uh, now you've taken away my joy because I realized that I'm not getting instant gratification out of this. And as a millennial, I rely on instant <laughs> gratification, which is why this quarantine is driving me up the wall because there's just nothing that I could just pull out of a hat. Um, uh, well, <laughs> yeah, it's- thank God for this podcast, by the way, because it, <laughs> it gives me something to put on a clean shirt for and make sure my hair is brushed since we at least have video. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, th- th- my, my problem there is that uh, I normally, I only shave and like really like get dressed up two or three times. I don't feel the need to do, I don't feel the need to shave like, except for like two, three, maybe four times a week tops. Right. Because usually the motivation is, Oh, I'm going out to breakfast. With my friends, to, I'm going to meet my friends for breakfast like Wednesday mornings. Okay. And so if it's, or, or rather actually more to the point, Tuesday, I do Mac break and that's on video. So I definitely shave Tuesday morning. I might not shave on Wednesday, but then I have to do, then I do NPR like on Friday. So I'll shave this on Friday like me and washing my hair. Right, yes. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and uh, so uh, maybe I'll be out with friends on the weekend. So I really only, if I'm not going out and seeing people or doing people do, doing uh, social things, I probably won't shave that day. And unfortunately, now I don't have that metronome. I don't have that external stimuli to signal that it's time to shave. And I've been falling into way too many traps where I finally get my face gets so itchy. I have to just like run into the bathroom and shear my shear my lower face. So oddly enough, I have for the first time since wow. I, like I was 25 or 26, which is the last with last time I had a real office job. I'm actually shaving every morning because that's. That I, I I need to start having these routines just just like Friday night is always takeout pizza night. I am mm-hmm. owed a pizza on front. Oh, oh, and by the way, I did indeed buy a uh, have a Hawaiian pizza uh, in the in the honor of your Hawaiian theme luau theme birthday. Yay! I'm so happy to hear. Um, we had pina coladas, and boy, boy, did I forget what it's like drinking hard alcohol. <laughs> especially well. especially when no, it's it's quite a group when nobody's driving home yeah but it's also like nobody has been um, this is just the particular group so i had two drinking sessions the morning <laughs> brunch drinking session that one was rosé sparkling rosé uh and then there was the later portion slightly more wilted flower crown uh which i guess went with my incredibly strong pina colada which i had to have <laughs> my husband like kind of you know go in and adjust a little bit because i could feel it like the minute i had it had gone down my gullet so <laughs> but otherwise i mean we've been eating nothing but that leftover pulled pork for the last couple of days so we've made quite <laughs> many meals out of that pork butt <laughs> sorry <laughs> to everyone who is vegetarian and is extremely annoyed by this conversation um it was a good, it was a good weekend, but it really reminded me how much I miss my friends. Oh, yeah. Well, <sighs> we'll we will, we'll will find the the ties that bind and 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 make sure that they work over IP. Mm, exactly. Oh, and that's the other thing. Just I, apparently, I have better internet than like everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's because I have mesh, if if it's because I'm right next to the router or what, but. Yeah, see, that's. It, 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 do you have the same problem where, 
uh, like since you do you do video podcasts and like pres- mm-hmm. semi like you you like to present a professional image on streaming video, and so you are like at least two or three or four years ahead in solving this problem than most of your friends. I my and I myself, it's I feel a little bit weird in group chats with friends because they're like I'm getting the shot from their like laptop webcam, like kind of straight up their nose. And another one is like at their kitchen table, completely backlit by like the sunlight coming through the windows. And another one in their, their <laughs> living room. And then cut to me who has like two lights everywhere <laughs> key light fill light <laughs> hair light a scrim behind me that's that's colored with a gel <laughs> yep and, i and yeah and i have I, just I feel like, like various... i'm putting on airs that's why I, I just feel like i'm putting on yeah. airs yeah i completely <laughs> i hope i just i just hope that like every person every friend of mine that like i conference with i chat with understands that this is me being really really lazy it would actually be a lot more effort for me to like set up something so that i could do video chat from the living room from the sofa so it's i'm actually i'm actually being just as chill as anybody in this conversation (laughs) except for the one who's usually and demonstrably stoned but we're not going to talk about him here (laughs) um okay so i need to hear you know before we get into this week's very heavy itemage. Um, I need to hear if you've been wearing this new watch of yours or not. Because I'm, I mean, you're here now to convince me yeah. to basically give and- Android Wear or Wear OS or whatever it's called now um, another try. Uh, I like it. I, I uh, it's the it's the hardware is one subject and Wear OS is the other subject. I like Wear OS. I think Wear OS is just fine. It's not exciting like uh, Watch OS on the uh, on Apple Watch, but it's but it's good. It's fine. It works. It serves this hardware. Um, it's fine when you add the suffix for a watch that I paid one hundred and twenty dollars for. Had I paid the list price of two seventy five, yeah, I would have sent it back. Like <laughs> after about, a, I've I've been wearing it now for about a week. The thing, the thing I don't like about it is that it is really is the battery really is lacking. It's even it's, in a pandemic and never leaving the house, you are experiencing shoddy battery. Is what you're telling me? It's it's lacking. Yeah, it's okay. now the the uh, I suppose the uh, I I'm testing this out the way I test everything out at first which is I want an out-of-the-box consumer experience. I'm going to pretend that I've never heard of this before. I'm just – I'm going to trust that however Fossil decided this could be – this should be configured out-of-the-box is how I should be wearing it. And the only modification I've made is to increase the brightness because I, I think I said this last week that the default bright – it had adaptive brightness, but it was always adapting to be so damn dim that I would be I first I'd look at the watch and then I'd like take off my glasses and mm-hmm. look at the watch and then look at it close more closely and wonder What's oh my god is my, yeah and uh, so that's the only that's the only modification I made I haven't done anything like turning off GPS turning off Wi-Fi any of that stuff and even today all I did I think I put it on at gee I want to say nine or ten. So I took it off the charger at 9 or 10. I left the house once 
for just a quick walk around the neighborhood just to pick up uh, pick up a sandwich and i was getting the uh the 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 low battery it, it offered to switch to low battery mode at around 6 hmm. which is the which is the mode where it tur- it just turns into a regular regular uh, watch it's the the mode where it stays dark until you press a button and you ask it please be a smartwatch again uh and so if the battery level is now at 7% and it's 8 o'clock and that's that's no good. That's I'm I, I'm kind of ex- I'm really hoping for and expecting. I wake up, I take it off the nightstand and put it on, or assume um, even no even more accurately, assume that I'm at a conference and so I'm keeping like more normal human person schedules, where I'm waking up at seven seven thirty, or uh, I'm uh, by eight thirty I'm out of the house with this watch on, and I expect it to still be a smartwatch. When I'm home at let's say 7 p.m., and I would like for a as a bonus, as a bonus for it to at least be to be a smartwatch until dinner time, meaning that I don't have to no low battery saving mode, no everything. It's a it's a straightforward smartwatch, but at least until midnight or one or two or three a.m., it can still mm-hmm. tell me what time it is. I get that with my Samsung watch. Yep. Yep. So. I don't know. We'll have to see. I'm surprised you're, I mean, I think it's great that we're talking about this because it's a nice precursor to what we have coming up regarding battery. I'm looking into the camera, like knowingly, just <laughs> letting people out there knowing I'm looking knowingly Yes, yeah, <laughs> because may, I may. realize it doesn't translate over audio. <laughs> so I, I, you're, thank you for putting things into, into perspective because some, I can think of one person who has suffered more from a short battery life of a uh, Google related product than mm. I have. So I, I mm. shouldn't complain. I, sh- I really, really shouldn't. And should we use that as the teaser for our commercial break? You think? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think that's great. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom from SolarWinds. Today's internet users expect a fast web experience. No matter how good your content or how effective your marketing, the most likely bounce if your website is loading too slow. With real user monitoring from Pingdom, you can discover how website performance issues affect your visitors' experience so that you can take action before your business is impacted. How your visitors experience your website differs depending on the browser, device, and platform they use. So you want to identify how visitors are experiencing your website so you can make informed optimizations and deliver a great performance to those who matter most. Real user monitoring is an event-based solution, so it's built for scalability, meaning you can monitor millions of page views without compromising the fidelity of your historical data or breaking the bank in the process. Get live visitor insights today with real user monitoring from Pingdom. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then, when you sign up, use the code material at checkout to get an awesome 30% off your first invoice. Thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of this show and RelayFM. So, yes, uh, uh, regarding that battery problem... Uh, when I tell you that one of the biggest stories that dropped this week was a story in the information entitled Google's Pixel Division Undergoes Shakeup After Disappointing Launch, you would probably be, with the word battery fresh in your mind, be really locking into the word disappointing there uh, as, a, as, a, as a sort of a structure for exactly how underperforming the, the Pixel 4 was. 
Can and I just say, before we move forward, there's a lot of planets in retrograde this week. Now, normally, retrograde isn't a bad thing for the planets. However, when this happens, it usually calls for us to start looking internally. And so I would just like to put that out there for <laughs> what we are about to present you with is that this is going to be fodder for some things that maybe Google should consider going internal for. Continue, Andy. <laughs> yes. There's a, so the, the, this uh, article in The Information was uh, – it, it told us some things we already knew, but also gave us some new context that we weren't fully aware of. Mm, uh, the information yes. – yeah, Juicy, story, juicy contexts. <laughs> yeah. This, was, this is real, like, screaming fight in the first 10 minutes of The View sort of stuff. Uh, so the – uh, the te the information story was headlined about the departure of uh, Mario Caraz and Mark Liv Mark Lavoy, uh, two really really significant personages in the development of the Pixel phone. Uh, Caraz was the Pixel division's general manager and vice president of product management. Uh, Mark Lavoy was the Pixel cameras camera czar. So you you have the you have the person who was uh, in charge of the entire Pixel project and the person who is in charge of of the Pixel's probably most successful feature, uh, magical mm. features, and uh, that uh, allowed Google to say, most "Hey, marketable." Yeah, it's like, it, it allowed uh, Google to get away with saying, "Hey, no, 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 we didn't cheap out by not giving you as fantastic a piece of camera hardware." See, we've got intelligence packed in that can do things that lens fancy lenses can't. Uh, so, uh, of the two, uh, Lavoie's departure is big and to me the most troubling because you mm, name anything, yeah, yeah I mean, you name anything regarding imagery, imaging in Google products, and he has had a hand it. He was a, a Stanford professor and researcher uh, who, long before he joined Google to basically head their their camera stuff, their camera their camera projects, he was known for. All of the the, the the night sight style shooting. That, I, the first time I used it was actually in an in an iPhone app years ago. That was only that was linked to only from his like academic page. Uh, he also as a consultant to Google before he was hired, I think in 2015, 2014. Uh, and bef before that, he was a consultant, and so he and his team uh, built a lot of what HDR plus is. They, he also contributed to, uh, a lot of the photo trickery that made uh, Google street view work. Mm. Uh, and he was, I mean, he, he is such an important figure that at the pixel four, uh, reveal in October, he actually got the stage all to himself to talk about not, not just the boilerplate and, because we are using advanced intelligence in our systems, we are able – he was just talking about, well, here's the projects that we're doing and here's – the one thing we can't do right now is moonlight and we, we, uh, we're we very proud we've managed to get starlight uh, in these night shots. We're trying to get moonlight right now, mm -hmm. but, that's your, but here's the technical stuff that's difficult about it. It's, we, it's unusual for – uh, a, theoret a theoreticist like himself uh, and someone who's really into the nitty gritty like that to be given as much time uh, as uh, as Ann Leibovitz, so <laughs> as, as one of the biggest photographers uh, of our of our time. And Annie Leibovitz is not contributing to algorithms that help. True. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Annie. I mean, listen, Demi Moore, pregnant, most iconic shot, but doesn't oh, do Whoopi much Goldberg in a bathtub full of milk. Oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, but we could have a whole podcast just about yeah. what Annie's shot or who she shot. Anyway. Imagine see, imagine having the stature of, of Annie Leibovitz. So you have like the most famous and 
in many ways, a, 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 people who have the most ability to control exactly what happens what to, mm-hmm. on any stage they step on. And if they say, what if you strip down naked? No, you're, I know we're not going to see you naked, but uh, no, no swimsuit. You are actually going to be naked. We're going to fill up a bathtub and you're going to be like submerged in it. We're just going to see like your knees and your elbows and your face. And because you're, you're, because you're brilliant and you're Annie Leibowitz, they're totally up for that. Or you're, we want you in like a frilly little nightgown, but the the set that we built for you outside, it is 12 degrees outside and it's going to be horrible. Well, we can give you like a, a slanket and a cup of tea. Sure. Absolutely. That's, that's why, uh, that's why she gets those shots. She has that kind of, anything. but, the, but getting, getting back to Lavoie. Yeah. So, Google uh, it if yeah. you want to see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so it's, it's troubling because it's uh, now, I, I think that one of the most caustic things to happen uh, to um, people's knowledge about uh, about uh, about tech uh, technology and tech companies and the marketing behind them is the impression that Steve Jobs invented the iPhone and so and so created everything about this. Yes, in truth, uh, Lavoie is the head of a team of very very talented engineers. However, the fact remains that he was responsible so for so much fundamental ideas that required a lot of engineering to get them to work, but it makes me hope have to hope that they've got that kind of bench strength uh, with his uh, departure. He uh, departed in March. And so we have to assume that uh, the next, the, the the next pixel, if not if not the one after that, is going to show signs of this is what this is the dead stop of whatever great artificial intelligence and and, uh, and soft uh, soft photography uh, ideas that he was contributing at that time. So fingers crossed there. Now uh, back to Karaz. Now he uh, we kind of had the writing on the on the wall there. Uh, the uh, he formally left the company in January. Uh, this was actually widely reported, but uh, to very little fanfare. Uh, he is now a vice president at Palo Alto Networks, which is a cybersecurity company. Uh, but if he is this is a really, really big departure. Uh, he joined Google in 2005, and since then he has been managing and leading most of Google's really impressive hardware e- efforts. Launch, he launched the first Nexus, uh, the, the first Google Nest, uh, the Google Home Speaker, mm-hmm. led the Chromecast project, the Google TV project. He was also one of the big people on board uh, engineering the acquisition of HTC and how those teams would be integrated. So he's a proven master at bringing hardware and software to market to consumers. Before that, I think he had a f- uh, fifth, year career at uh, Hewlett Packard. So this is somebody who has a lot, who knows a lot of the story of Google, an amazingly hireable <laughs> and useful person. Yeah. Uh, and yet, uh, so th- not only did he leave in January, this was telegraphed as early as August when uh, th- this is two months before the release of the Pixel 4 phone. Uh, mm-hmm. He uh, and remember, again, he was the head of Pixel. So he in August, it was reported that he had a new role quote, in the office of the CEO, unquote, directly reporting to Sundar Pichai. But that's always suspicious when they don't follow that up with, well, what? here's what his res- actual responsibilities are going to be in this new role. And answer, there came none. So one could guess that either he was working on something super, super top secret that they weren't ready to talk about yet, or he was being pushed aside and they were organizing the terms of how he would leave the company. Um, and 
uh, the it was also telegraphed pretty well by the fact that uh, he was technically still working for Google in October during the launch, but uh, the Pixel 4 intro, mm-hmm. the part of that uh, the presentation about the Pixel 4 was handled by Sabrina Ellis, who is also a vice president of product and who seems to have taken over his responsibilities. Mm. Uh, so mm. that was maybe not terribly mm. surprising, but now here's the, here's where the where the really scary bombshelly sort of st- uh, stuff comes from this inter- uh, from uh, uh, from this information article. It comes out that Rick Ostelo, who is like the head of all hardware, the head of all mm-hmm. cons- all, all consumer formerly stuff, of Motorola, formerly of Motorola, if, if, one of the most interesting hires that Google has has made in its uh, semi modern age. He called an all-hands meeting well before the Pixel 4 launch to talk about things that he didn't like about the Pixel 4. I'm quoting the article here. At a hardware team all-hands meeting in the fall, ahead of the October launch in New York, Osterloch informed staff about his own misgivings. He told them he did not agree with some of the decisions made about the phone, according to two people who were present at the meeting. In particular, he was disappointed in its battery power. Uh, Google did deny a request to speak with Rick Osterloch about this article. Now, it's, isn't it? So were we, Rick. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Everybody, every By the way, I really, that. I like Rick just as a, oh, as a hardware, just has been following his career for a while. And he's done, I mean, he did really great work at Motorola, which is obviously why they wanted him um, at Google. And he, I mean, I think he's done a relatively, I mean, it's not just him, right? It's the team, but right. in terms of management, I feel like Google was going in the right direction. But Andy, as you continue going down uh, the list of the the stuff that was revealed in this story, we start to find out that that's not just because it was moving in the right direction doesn't mean it had a lot of traction. <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, it's uh, it's nice that they that. The thing is, Google had no experience in selling things to consumers, only experience selling things to developers. Right. That's what the Nexus phone was all about. Yeah. And so they needed someone like him to figure out what would make uh, a uh, what would go, what, how to go past the Nexus, go to a, something akin to the Pixel that would be an attractive device mm-hmm. for people who are just walking into a store looking for something cool uh, because they just dropped their latest phone in the toilet or whatever. And so, f- f- first of all, it was super, super surprising that if he is, if Rick Osteller is the head of, 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 of products, why is he, how did the phone get that far in development and he still has big misgivings about it, including about something as central as the, as the battery? I mean, this is the, now I will, let's give him some credit for uh, being a rare example of a Silicon Valley uh, high level exec tech executive with a sense with with the ability to chill. Uh, <laughs> in that sense, he would be the opposite of Steve Jobs. He's not you. He, he's the whatever whatever the image of Steve Jobs storming in and throwing a really expensive prototype on the floor and saying, "This is a piece of spit. You all should be ashamed <laughs> of yourselves for even designing this." At the other end of the spectrum is not saying, "Hey." Um, We've discussed that maybe this should have more than 45 minutes of battery life with a screen at 50%. Okay, no, it's not that bad. But in a, in a, compet- a really super competitive, competitive environment in which uh, Apple is throwing phones out there that can get two days of battery life 
without much difficulty, Samsung, uh, mm. uh, OnePlus, everybody is mm. doing all day mm. battery mm. life to have a uh, the, the Pixel phone. Its battery is it's OK. It serves. It works. It's getting the the Pixel 3 that I'm still using is just like getting worse and worse. Yeah. Just FYI, which is just making me it, it makes me fume a tiny bit when I read this because it just makes me think like this is the number one thing that people are concerned about. It's always battery life. No matter what you what you're looking at, if it has a battery in it, that is the thing that people are going to consider. Okay, well, how long does the battery last? Yeah. For the function of what you know, this is perf- the function that this is performing. Um, it's not great, Bob. Yeah, it's it, it seems like there are two things that. Uh, if if you if your phone has certain uh, shortcomings, mm. uh, you can get both the cons- both the consumers and the people reviewing those phones to take the curse off of that by adding dot dot dot. But hey, if you, you do get two day battery life, and it only costs three hundred ninety nine dollars. When it's a when it, it's a a high end phone. And you are finding yourself needing to carry a battery pack with you because you're go- you're not going to be home before five in the afternoon, and you want to make absolutely sure that you can still call an Uber to pick you up from the train station when you when you get near home. That's not a great thing. Um, the article, as well as all the people who are commenting this article, noted that the Pixel Four did not sell as well as as even the Pixel Three. Um, also it was a good, it it was an opportunity for everybody to repeat all their complaints about the pixel Four, uh, the battery life, of course, uh, poor pixel Four. it's it's just really uh, getting it. It's see, and it's not, it's not a terrible phone. It's just, it's, it's, this is, it's just such a competitive, uh, market right now. And the, uh, the pixel line has always had certain quality control problems that other makers don't seem to have Samsung Explodo phones accepted, of course, uh, solely, which I I'm still excited about, but super disappointed that all it does is yeah. uh, maybe one step more than what Motorola phones were able to do five years ago without the super radar chip. It's it has you have this radar chip and all the uh, they published all the white papers on it and how it can resolve movement and how uh, how detailed you can make the interactions when really all you're doing with it is the same stuff that we're doing with the light sensors on the front of, of Motorola phones uh, a few years ago, which is okay. So if I turn it over, it silences it. Oh, if I hold my hand over it, it does this, and if I wave my hand, it does a skip track. Well, that's as great. the information said, a cool but impractical no hands feature. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a, now. I hate to. Uh, I know this is, sounds cruel, but this is a very Samsung sort of approach to a feature. That's something that no, it's true. I yeah, something that that's... demos well when you when you want the press to uh, to demonstrate something on video that makes you sound cool but then you know that the users won't be using it after one or two weeks especially users who are trying to get as extend the battery life and so the first thing that we do is we turn off that damn radar uh it's really really disappointing and uh it doesn't do anything except shoop sweep yeah like i'm making just these smacking movements at handy not that i'm smacking you but you know just (laughs) yeah well, and especially they, if they had done, I, I was, I was uh, in the back of my mind. I was thinking, there is no way 
that by, I don't know, uh, March or April of 2020, they haven't added the gestures so that you can just swiping up and down above the screen will just simply scroll down or scroll up along with a gesture for like a rewind gesture for the back button or something like that. And if they had done that in the age where nobody wants to actually touch their phones because they don't want to get it all all coronavirus-y, you know, anything that's no touch is going to is going to be really, really good. And oh, by the way, and also the 3D face unlock that works if you're asleep and your kid just wants to buy five hundred dollars worth of games. So she just holds your phone in front of your sleeping face. And the, the system is not smart enough to realize that, oh, the eyes are closed. I probably shouldn't unlock the phone. Oh, and by the way, apps don't really support this. So all of that privacy functionality you were getting or that security functionality you were getting through the fingerprint scanner is no longer available to you the way it is on other phones. Apart from unlocking my phone, the three apps I rely on are my banking app, the PayPal app, uh, and my password manager app. And I think one or two of them supports face unlock, but the other one doesn't. And that's a super bummer. Actually, now that we're all wearing masks and we're outside, none of them support face unlock. So, mm-hmm. but but I digress. Um, but the other and the other problem with the Pixel seems to be that uh, again, every the, the the trend for the market is in super cool three hundred ninety nine dollar phones. Apple and I would never have guessed this has a three hundred ninety nine dollar phone that's not just okay. Well, we found some of these like iPhone fours in a warehouse. So sorry about the old 30 pin dock connector. Sorry that it doesn't run the latest never, OS, but never would have guessed, but also Apple's pretty good at following where the profits are. I mean, that's yeah. the reason that they have so much cash yep, on yep. hand. Um, and why I, I'm, if I recall correctly, I do, they have more money than Google. I haven't looked at post coronavirus numbers, but I think the last, time i checked they had something like 213 billion cash on hand yeah regardless it's a lot of so. dang money and um i think it's interesting that we're talking about all this stuff that was going on internally at google because when you look at the numbers and how these companies performed side by side i mean you see where people are flocking to and what people yeah. are responding to and people are responding to samsung devices people are responding to apple devices um yep. The Pixel is great for you and me. We really appreciate and love it, but there's something about it that people were not because to you and I, like those little features, it's it's like what you were saying about how the Nexus devices were developer phones. Um, sometimes they would have these special features on them, but it was like this is for developers to kind of try out and and make something of. Yeah. And because the Pixel is not being introduces this like developer phone it's being introduced as like here's the consumer phone it just doesn't really it doesn't really work as much to completely just have the sale of your phone rely on this next gen tech that doesn't really have again any sort of implementation yeah and it's and google's just too stuck in that and i think rick osterlow being this is all again flow zone conjecture by the way i'm just this is, I have a dollhouse in my head of these people. And so this is, I'm imagining happen. I'm imagining it was really frustrating coming from a company like Motorola, which was directly responding to what the consumers were buying. I mean, that's the reason, even though Motorola is not the brand it used to be, it still has all this brand power because of just the legacy that is connected to it. And Google just doesn't have that legacy when it comes to hardware. 
It yeah. just doesn't. People don't think, oh, it's a Google phone. And I, I know we've said that before, but truly, there's a reason that we use Google that the way that we do in language, because that's what Google is associated with, not the phone in my hand. Yeah. So the the, the biggest problem is that they don't have uh, they, they with the Pixel phones, uh, the Pixel force particularly, they're not uh, the, it has one huge advantage that I love. But it it's very uh, it's a vague and esoteric one, although it's important. Mm-hmm. If people can understand the idea that oh well, this iPhone uh, th- this iPhone twelve uh, has a super wide angle lens, or uh, this has a in addition to like the other two lenses, and mm-hmm. look at look at the how fast this processor is, and look at the battery life of this. And when you go back to the Pixel phone, they you have to say. But this is the pure Android experience. It hasn't been messed with. You're not going to have to sign up for a special Samsung account or an account with some company you've never heard of. Also, you're going to be getting uh, regular – you're going to get operating system updates immediately, and you're going to be getting security updates for years, whereas uh, Motorola has taken another swing at a flagship phone and announced that, yeah, you will be perfectly safe and secure from all – all of the security weaknesses of your phone for about a year. Anyway, look at all the <laughs> colors that we have that are based on it's you know, it's, it's no good. But you can't you can't talk people into that. And uh, as and as uh, coincidence would have it, uh, today's strategy analytics uh, released a report about uh, market share of strictly Android uh, based phones. Uh, and uh, Sam- the Samsung Galaxy A51 was the best-selling Android phone of the first quarter, and it is, you guessed it, a $399 phone. Hmm. So this the, the the writing is really on the wall. So it so it is uh, a, a pivot point of some kind. We don't know whether it means that uh, either Google is going to say that we still want we still see the Pixel as a flagship phone where we can put all kinds of future technology in it. Uh, without being as silly as as charging fifteen hundred dollars for it, we're not going to be putting a folding screen in it. But we will continue to put in uh, chips that support advanced AI. We are going to be uh, committed to uh, all these other systems that will make it a better supporter of Google services, which people seem to like uh, to begin with. Uh, but we're going to keep it as a flagship grade phone. We just feel as though we were going down the wrong path, particularly. Uh, particularly with uh, with Mario Caraz as as the leadership, so we're going to be putting someone else in that position and running a new game plan. Or they're going to say we are completely changing what a Pixel phone is. It is now going to be the best phone we can make for three hundred ninety nine dollars. Mm-hmm. Given that they uh, they they, mm-hmm. they came out with three A last year around this time, and they're expected to come out with a four A any week now, really. And those have been super super successful. Let's say well, very well received phones shall we say, a lot of value for money. Yeah, because on paper, they didn't sell as much as the Pixel 3, as we found out after this yeah. report. It's it's difficult. And I wonder, like, do you, what do you think about the, one of their basic difficulties just being the fact that they can't get Verizon to just push them in all of the stores? Because I think that one of the reasons why Samsung does so well is that they have this monster marketing budget. And also, anybody who walks into an AT&T store or Verizon store I mean, you are going to be there. It's like they, they they practically like knock you down, sit in your chest and pummel you with the Samsung logo until you agree that, yes, perhaps this is the ideal model for me. Thank you very much. And I'll take the free T-shirt as well. Thank you. Um, I don't know. I would argue that that's like really good selling prowess 
quite frankly, because people want to deal. I mean, and these and these times are just going to get harder. So there we're about to hit. I mean, we're listen, I don't want to put stuff out there in the world, but I am and I apologize. This is just my personal feeling is that we're bracing ourselves here. Um, That's what I'm preparing myself for. And I imagine that our priorities are really going to change. And this is going to change the smartphone market a lot. Just talking to our audience in particular with how that's going to affect us in that niche is it's going to really, really change this, this upcoming, I think next five years is really going to change the way that we're going to spend our money. I hope I'm trying to be optimistic about it because I want to see some change in our spending habits too. I want to, I mean, look, we're still spending gobs of money on this stuff that is insignificant in the grand scheme of things. But (laughs) when you are spending gobs of money like this, you want to make sure that you're getting a good deal. And there's a reason why, People like to buy the thing that'll net them a couple of extra things at the end there, you know? There's a reason I bought the Nintendo Switch pack when I bought it <laughs> with, you know, the carrying case and all the extra stuff that it came with because I was like, oh, this is this is a better deal than what I would get, you know? And so maybe it's time for Google to just stoop to that. Yeah, is it a stooping? <laughs> is it a stooping? Caught myself there. Is it a stooping? Are you stooping low if you're doing that? The consumer uh... wouldn't say it. The consumer would say... I got a nice pair of Samsung headphones, Bluetooth headphones. Can I can I can I put it like this? If I see a ten dollar bill in the middle of the sidewalk, I don't care who sees me stooping to pick me up. You know, pick it up. You know what I mean? I'm putting that son of a bee in my pocket. Ten dollars. Yoink. <sighs> yeah. So it's you know just add that to the long list of things that we don't know how things are going to be turning out in the next two or three or four years. What a, what oppression! What, Apple found themselves just. They, I think that I think they don't have to try as hard at at their keynote or where next yeah. coming up from them. Just yep. just leave they, Google down. They're already down on the floor. Don't, please don't kick them at your next <laughs> live thing. <laughs> yeah, it's again, it's been a little bit rough. And also, I mean, morale. Uh, the other thing that occurred to me that just last week we were talking about uh, the departure of Professor John Martini, uh, who, Martinis, who uh, was the head mm-hmm. of their. Uh, uh, of their quantum computing hardware to, uh, project and it really just gets me thinking god so here are three three people that just had the had the free choice of staying and doing like the groundbreaking work at one of the biggest tech companies in the entire world and they said nah, nah. yeah <laughs> and uh, okay grant, grant okay granted uh Kiraz maybe was encouraged to <laughs> you can stay in this office <laughs> <laughs> where we where we're not even going to give you internet access you have no responsibilities but you will keep your health coverage and your, and your and your salary but if you want to leave we'll let um, you out of your contract but for, but still it's yeah. part, at this level you have to be able to attract like the the heavy hitters uh and the people who do it not only the people who are doing uh, amazing research but also the people who know how to do systems integration how to manage projects how to take the, the silly ideas of marketing and turn them into an actual viable product with a with a marketing s- scheme and i wonder if this if all of this service means that there's they're, they're going to be having trouble keeping people that they need in the next five to ten years mm. well i just wanted to add that um and i this is kind of where my 
my thought sort of, this is kind of my stance on it. It's just Silicon Valley. It's just like any other workplace. Google is just like any other workplace. We don't really know what's going on internally, but there's always, you know, there's always butting of heads and, you know, people who are just wanting something new just because it seems like a dream job to us doesn't, you know what I mean? It's just, it's for the end of the day, it's just a position that somebody left. Wow. I'm really sorry about how like not, well, this so is kind of a downer thing for me to no, say. No, no, I'm no, really that's sorry a, no, that's about a, that. That's a, that's a good point. It, I know, but I basically point, I'm telling people like, well, it's just the way it is. Who cares? I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean it that way. I just meant no, to say no, it's that. A, it, it reminds me of, so, of something that I that occurred to me about Paul McCartney a long, long time ago. Hmm. That you cannot you you cannot question his devotion to music or his work ethic because every single morning. Like the alarm, the alarm goes off. He wakes up, and maybe his first thought is, "Let's see. I was part of uh, one, of the, probably, arguably the most important rock band in history that had not only great uh, creative success and material success, but also was a positive influence on world culture." Mm. Um, I did yeah yes you know i've I've got millions and millions and millions hundreds of millions of dollars uh really uh i did write hey jude um (laughs) and you know what i feel like i can hit the snooze button and maybe take the rest of the week off and maybe not do anything for the rest of my life i feel like i've got it i've dotted the i's and crossed the t's but no he gets out of bed and he writes more music or he gets on the bus for another tour and so this this sort of thing, like I'm reminded of this sort of thing when I think uh, about when I, when I when I think about people uh, uh, people uh, like uh, like Professor Lavoie uh, said. Well, let's see. I'm I already have millions of dollars because I've been a successful uh, consultant and also a successful and important member of the Google team. I've done le- groundbreaking research that has really moved my my field of of, of knowledge forth immense, immensely. I am eminently hireable and available. If I feel like one of the things that that kept me coming to the office every day was uh, talking about fantasy f- fantasy baseball teams uh, Monday, Thursday, and Friday uh, with my good friend uh, Mario Caraz, and he's not going to be there. Eh. I may as well just, you know, go back to consulting or maybe work for Apple. I don't know. Oh, it's, must be it's nice. hard. To, it's hard to keep people. This is this is this is part of like the. Uh, I, I will I will terminate this before it becomes a downer. But this is like why like they're the do they call it the the golden handcuffs? They were talking about this for like decades and decades, where you uh, you promote someone up into a point where they're making enough money. That they've bought house, they, they've they've bought themselves into a lifestyle that they now don't want to leave, mm-hmm. and so they're willing to put up with all kinds of crap because there's no way that they're going back to making making ninety five thousand yes. dollars a year. Yes, now that they've been making three hundred thousand dollars a year for the past five. Rolling <laughs> so, my eyes, but yes, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's not enough. You don't you don't have the screw you money, so you still have to stay there. But if you stay there, you get to buy the new Tesla like every two years. And you have, and you haven't, you haven't done enough meditation or acid to realize that maybe you don't need the a new, a new Tesla at all. <sighs> Is this <sighs> a good time for us to take a break? I think. Namaste. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
This episode of Material is brought to you by Linode. Whether you're working on a personal project or managing your enterprise's infrastructure, Linode has the pricing, support, and scale you need to take your project to the next level. They have 11 data centers worldwide, including their newest data center in Sydney, Australia. And with their enterprise-grade hardware, S3-compatible storage option, and their next-generation network, Linode delivers the performance you expect at a surprisingly good price. Get started on Linode today with a $20 credit for listeners of this show. You'll get access to a native SSD storage, a 40-gigabit network, and industry-leading processors, a revamped cloud manager built on an open-source single-page app, Nanode plans starting as low as $5, and one-click installs of the most popular apps, including WordPress, LampStack, and game servers for Minecraft. There's more where that comes from. So go to linode.com slash material and use promo code material2020 when creating a new Linode account. You'll get a $20 credit towards your next project. Oh, and Linode is hiring right now. So if that's something that interests you, go to linode.com slash careers to find out more. Once again, that's linode.com slash material and the promo code material2020 for that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Well, we got another piece of good news in that uh, we've we've got the closing of a chapter of a really ugly book. Uh, the a really that, ugly book. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm so, uh, wait, 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 hold on. I got to rewind on that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did exactly what I wasn't supposed to do, which is call out somebody's appearance. But this person is an ugly person. <laughs> so I think I think you're referring to his soul. He yeah. Exactly. He did go. ugly things from his ugly and, mind. <laughs> so. And if and if you think that we're about to bring up James Damore, award yourself 50 points. That's Damore. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> There's actually yeah. a bunch of poems going on about him in this using like that's Damore, but it's basically <laughs> talking about what a terrible anyway uh yeah so uh, i'm i'm sorry to remind people if you don't if that name doesn't ring a bell he is the uh alt-right former googler who was a who sued uh after a really really ridiculous series of events where he he decided that um the rest of his his fellow employees at google uh, were not wise enough, not as wise as he, to understand uh, the real problem of retaining women in the engineering workforce at Google. And so, out of the goodness of his tiny, tiny little black heart, uh, he wrote a 10 page memo and distributed on Google's internal message board explaining that, see, there are innate differences physical differences, mental differences, psychological differences between genders that make women inferior engineers. And well, what do you know? He was fired uh, for violating company policy against advancing harmful gender stereotypes. And because we are living in a hellscape, uh, he f- became a cause celeb for the alt-right community about, you see, this is exactly how white people are being persecuted against by but politics and by education and by the media, when are someone going to stand up for the rights of the white people at last? Uh, so uh, so he filed this lawsuit <laughs> and because it was a labor rela- – he basically said that he was being – he was fired for being white. Uh, there was other details, but basically that was it, that Google pre- is prejudiced against conservative white people. Uh, and because it was a labor-related uh, suit, 
the government had to get involved. The National Labor 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 Relations Board weighed in uh, and said that, yeah, you made comments about gender stereotypes that were bound to cause disruption. Google said outright that they fired you because you had made comments about gender stereotypes that caused disruption. Therefore, yeah, this was a legit hit. And so the this went into had to go into arbitration because they were not going to get any traction uh, in a regular lawsuit. And so finally this week, he and his lawyers decided to uh, to drop the suit with the uh, consent of Google. And so that has been put into uh, into the wheels. Uh, one one last interesting thing. I, I did take a little uh, looky looky loo at his LinkedIn uh, and he's still defines himself as his headline next to his avatar is quote senior software engineer at google unquote even though he was fired two years ago uh his most recent position is quote software engineer startup for the past two years with no out any names or details (laughs) the startup is in his room that's what it is (laughs) it's him on his computer in his room trying to like he's gonna go back and have his next glory day he was probably (laughs) planning on winning whatever the lawsuit was and taking that money to start up whatever it is that he thinks he's working on i know how these people work they thought he'd get a book deal they're all they're all tropes of silicon valley that's exactly what this guy is um by the way I was similarly sending Andy a bunch of interesting tidbits about his lawyer, uh, <laughs> Harmeet Dillon. Now, some fun facts about Miss Dillon. She is an American lawyer and Republican Party official. Oh. She's the former vice chairwoman of the California Republican Party and the national committee woman of the Republican National Committee for California. She's based in San Francisco, California, in Sea Ranch, California. She uh, she recently um, decided that she would file suit against the state of California, challenging its stay home order, which was enacted because of the pandemic that we're all currently going through. She is suing the state of California, saying it is unconstitutional that people are told to stay home. So that, I just want to put that into perspective of who it is that has come to fight alongside these bigoted, hateful people. This woman comes from a background of bigotry and hate, and it seems that she likes to stand up wherever she possibly can next to the person who is also fighting for that. I'm just, it's just very tiring. It's very tiring. And there's, so we apologize for uh, reviving this ugliness that's best left buried. But it does relate to another piece of news. Uh, CNBC had a really big story uh, the same day, uh, Wednesday, I think, uh, about how uh, current and ex-employees were alleging, this is the title of the story, current and ex-employees allege Google drastically rolled back diversity and inclusion programs after conservative backlash Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I've, I've sort of blurred the headline with my own comments here. Basically, uh, it's uh, they had some CNBC found some people inside Google, uh, present and former, who uh, say that uh, the after Breitbart and others hooked on to James Damore and tried to turn him into their own version of Joe the Plumber, uh, and again try to inflate him as a as an icon, as a pioneer, as their Rosa Parks of white victimhood. 
they uh, they the allegation being made here by in the story is that Google decided that they don't want any part of that that they don't want to get that kind of a bad attention particularly considering how plugged in senior white house officials are to the rhetoric of uh, super 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 alt right super hyper conservative uh, outlets and commentators and so the 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 allegation is that Google's either rolled back diverse diversity and inclusion programs that are already in place or heavily modified them. I'm going to quote here from the story, quote, since 2018, internal diversity and inclusion training programs have been scaled back or cut entirely for Google employees and two people who recently left the company, told NBC News in interviews. In addition, they said the team responsible for those programs has been reduced in size and positions previously held by full-time employees have been outsourced or not refilled after members of the diversity teams left the company. Uh, and they cite a couple examples here. One of them is that uh, a comprehensive social justice awareness uh, program that Google developed for internal use called Sojourn. Uh, and their sources say this, this is very, very well liked. Uh, and uh, again, quoting the article, one of the major motivations for cut in this, this program was cut and eliminated. And one of the major motivations, uh, quote, uh, for cutting Sojourn was that the company doesn't want to be seen as anti-conservative. One Google employee familiar with the company's diversity program said in an interview, quote, it does not want to invite lawsuits or claims by right wing white employees about Google discriminating, uh, discriminating against them. Uh, Google did respond to some of the claims in this article. They said that they did end Sojourn, but only because they this was this was really hard to parse, and I had to really try to find other people to talk to about this. Uh, they said that they ended uh, the Sojourn program because it was focused on United States racial issues and thus was not scalable worldwide. <laughs> now, sorry, I'm I'm should be yeah. laughing. It's just you see. Now, see, it's the, kind the, of dark, I, actually. I, I think you and most other people listening here have latched on to the same problem that I initially caused me to trip up on this, that the United, United States racial problems are unique to the United States, that we have a we have a history that most Britain taught us all about colonization. So. Exactly. I mean, you can't. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I don't I don't even know what given especially given that Google is a United States based company, that most of their employees are based in the United States, that having a program in place that is specifically tailored for this culture and this environment is not useful. Uh, they have uh, instead outsourced this to uh, to a company that uh, that. Uh, uh, has also done uh, similar uh, projects for I think IBM and for Microsoft. So it's not as though they're uh, it's hmm. not as though they're totally uh, totally uh, passing hmm. uh, passing the the hat on this one. However, uh, they they're defending this by saying that look, they're we are a technology company. We are in over our heads when it comes to providing uh, a system. Uh, for uh, employee education and support. This is why we are hiring these outside consultants who do nothing but focus on this all day. And they do uh, they do have a point about there. Uh, but the the other quotes from this article are very, very, uh, very, very pointed. Uh, one employee says, quote, a hundred a hundred black employees could testify to the pain they feel in a climate that's inadvertently hostile towards them. And management will go back and say, quote, I need to go. I need to get more data, unquote. And then three angry white men complain and everything comes to a halt. Uh, uh, that's they, they also say that uh, 
driven by this fear of being targeted by conservative groups, uh, includes that they stopped using the word diversity uh, when discussing initiatives and just simply say DNI, standing for diversity and inclusion. Ooh, uh, okay. And and their and employees were said Do, don't say diversity because if you say diversity for these programs, it could expose the company to liability. So it's it's difficult. The other, uh, and the, the other thing, I'm I'm sorry, I had this uh, this note at the very very end. It's the company a company called Ibis, uh, and it's providing these some, these uh, services to Intel and Microsoft, not IBM and Microsoft. But still, they are pretty. They seem to be pretty well respected from what I was able to determine last night and today. So okay, that kind of works. But the thing is that the new programs that they're being put in place. Employees are saying that it doesn't do enough to educate on white privilege, and it seems focused instead Mm -hmm. on teaching black employees how to navigate a predominantly white and Asian workplace. So it's like, no, no, here's how you guys can get along with the majority, and it's it seems like a huge, huge mess. And this is yet another this is yet another spoiled custard pie. Well, did did white people put it together? Because if it's white people putting it together, nothing is ever going to go move forward. I mean, I I have no idea. I, I, well, I'm just I'm speaking rhetoric, rhetorically, but just to also say that I, again, another like Silicon Valley thing is, and we've seen it in we've seen it in movies, we've we've seen it in our own lives. Is somebody gets hired to try and fix the problem, and usually it exacerbates it, and it starts to show like where all the holes really are. Yeah. Um, this is unsurprising. I think that um, one opinion that I read around. The Demore thing, whatever, however the hell you say his name, I don't care. (laughs) Um, One of the opinions surrounding that was that the reason that Google did anything about it was not in solidarity with its workers, but rather because this issue was causing um, it was causing a lot of disruption among productivity. Because generally in the society that we live in, productivity is the is the means by which we it's the currency by which we judge you know the effectiveness right. of things and if there's no productivity it means that something has gone awry and so i think that this is another part of that in the sense that well we're spending so much time on this it's clearly not really doing anything we have to like constantly backtrack on it so it's better that we just don't do anything i think what's also interesting and um I meant to link you this, but I also saw on Twitter today when I was quickly popping in uh, that Google had posted, um, I think, a blog post about its women tech makers. And there's been a lot of like social media push for that. Um, Now, disclosure, I'm part of the women tech makers uh, and I've I re- I enjoy the group. I have enjoyed all the people I've met in the group. It's it's a great community, and it I don't want to like take away from those actual efforts headed up by people who really like are trying to do good within the company that they work in. I don't want to look past those people's efforts. Um, so it's like really hard to talk about this and say it as like Google's doing this and Google's doing this because really it's just there's management that has decided that this would be the best thing for overall employee productivity. And that sucks because a lot of people who work for Google are now going to be like, well, this doesn't align with my values. And when you start to come across that as an employee, um, I mean, look, we all live in the reality of this world. So 
you got to do what you got to do. But I imagine that over time, this would make it that culture will kind of start to try to think of uh, an appropriate metaphor, but that culture would just kind of get turned out, so to speak, like those people, you know, will exit and then fewer people like that will come in because of the new culture that's sort of being established. Like we don't want to touch that touchy stuff kind of thing. So it's a real bummer, especially, you know, we always talk about on this podcast is we want Google to set a precedent. And if a big Silicon Valley company like Google decides that diversity initiatives just weren't worth the, you know, all the attention it was getting, I suppose, or money it was allotting for it, that other companies will follow suit. And it's like, well, you know, it's a, it's, it's disheartening. It's disheartening. Um, you're, you're right. Yeah. It's it's kind of like when you you see some evidence that you might have some termites. So you say, mm. you know what, I should I should probably like uh, like punch a hole in that wall and do some spraying, just you know, re- and really take care of it. And mm-hmm. then like you punch a hole in the wall, and then you see that termites have absolutely gone to town on the entire structure of everything. And then you decide it would be a lot easier simply to patch the hole and forget that you saw it than to because you didn't know that solving this problem you saw to solve was going to be so expensive or uh, or uh, take so much of your time and attention and that's almost exactly what's being done here if you're the it's uh, there's it really is an education that has to happen mm-hmm. uh, that and I will I will I can I will use myself as an example that I have I was so wrong-headed about the source of the problem I had as really naive and optimistic idea that oh gosh there's too it's just too bad about these darn sexist and racist people if only these sexist people and the racist people would just go away everything would be wonderful well thank goodness that sexism and racism is going away on its own and soon they'll all die out and we'll have no more sexist people or racist people and it's super naive because it ignores the fact that this is institutional uh, it's institutional inside companies and it's in- institutional inside uh, a, a nation's society that you are not going to solve the problem by firing the person who wrote that nasty memo. Uh, the mm-hmm. fact that this person was allowed to operate for so long means that he fu- he felt as though it was safe to talk like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, without a trace of making a joke here, it's possible that when you have certain engineers who don't know how to interact in a community that bad choices like that happen this is not applicable in this case that you have a problem you have you're it's gonna stink to have to pull down all the walls now and while you do all that you also found some black mold you're gonna have to do so many repairs but you have to do that or else yeah uh, it's uh, it is easier to simply paper it over and simply say, well, see, we did some remediation and everything's going to be fine now. Uh, that doesn't solve the problem, and it's going to keep just get worse and worse and worse. You, it's uh, it, it really does get me uh, disappointed when I don't see this kind of redoubling of commitment. Uh, that and you're absolutely right. I think that most companies, uh, Google and Google in, in, included. They think that it's a problem. They would like to solve it, but they think that the biggest pro- component of this problem is, as you say, the distraction from the business of making money or whatever they figure their mission is. And so this is why 
if it's easier to simply uh, kick this bad person out and in the quietest way possible, let's do that. But once this is discovered and it becomes uh, a, a PR nightmare, now you have to solve the PR nightmare because that's the simplest way to address yeah. this. Yeah. So it's I uh, I will I will say that it uh, of course I'm recommending that you read this entire NBC CNBC article because it is very very telling start to finish, and Google does at points make some uh, make some counter arguments that at least seem rational. If not, if not necessarily stuff that I agree with, uh, I don't think they're doing. I don't think I don't think they're addressing this correctly. Uh, but I, eh, um, I don't know how to put it in a way that's not awkward. Uh, they, it's it's not as bad as they're they're denying that the problem exists to begin with. They are trying to do things, and they're not. They're, yeah. As, as as I was thinking about another friend of mine, <laughs> as I was making my breakfast today, saying, you know, something you got to bless him for doing his best. It's just that his best is not very good. Oh, yeah, that's um, a good one. Mm-hmm. You know, so but this is this is not going to go away. This is going to need to be addressed. And once again, it is not going to be a question of we have to let's get rid of those bad apples, those few bad sexist and racist apples. You have an institutional problem. Uh, and at Google, it is reflective of the fact that as a nation, we have a cultural problem with race. And, and um, I'm going to say gender. I'm afraid I'm ignorant on uh, the definition between the difference between uh, sex and gender. I apologize if I'm if I'm uh, exposing my ignorance there. Uh, but uh, we have problems in this country that are that are not going to be solved at the federal level. They're going to be solved by companies like Google, companies like Apple, companies like Facebook and Twitter and Amazon who decide that we have the power to address this at the bare minimum. And this is the thing that really breaks my heart. Uh, Learning more about this over the past, particularly the past 10 years, that we have some of our best and brightest minds Mm -hmm. in this country, if not in this world, who are leaving the fields of computer science and leaving companies like Google and Apple, not because they have nothing to give, but because they feel as though they have no future there. That this is not they can they they studied hard and they worked and they created they they developed their talents because they wanted to build this thing. Mm-hmm. And for a company to demand they spend at least forty percent of their time dealing with the people that are not going to allow them to do their thing, do the thing that they are most blessed with the skills and the insight and the creativity and the passion for what a waste of yeah, man, yeah, of, of human yeah. power. Yeah. And that's just shocking. Well, let's, let's sit. We're going to end on, on yeah, uh, something sweet. On something, now, this is, yeah. Yeah. We're sweet no, and uh, saccharin. Next, next week we'll be, we will be talking about the transition to, from uh, Google music to YouTube music, because some people are being offered the chance to start migrating uh, from one to another, um, perhaps it's a good idea if, if you have received this invitation to hold off on that for a little while until the, the first uh, 500,000 penguins have jumped off the ice flow and not been eaten by walruses before you commit your own playlist and stuff to it. Ouch. We'll talk about we'll talk about that <laughs> next week. Uh, but we want there's there's something that I've been having at the end of the of the show doc end of the docket week after week after week we never get to it. And now I feel, I want to make I want to make this story feel loved. And also it's a fun story. Uh, the a month ago now uh, Google put up a support page that has a nearly complete but now incomplete list of all of the life-size 3D augmented reality animals you can play <laughs> with in Google search. Now this is 
the where you do a Google search for a certain animal, and in addition to the little info box, it'll also say, oh, here's a, a would you like to play with an actual tiger? Great, we'll, we'll drop it life-size on your in your bedroom floor, and you can look around and take pictures of it and all this sort of stuff. Uh, so uh, if you go to the support doc that we're going to be linking here, uh, you'll get a almost complete list, uh, some examples of what you can search for and experience in augmented reality. Uh, in land animals, you got your tiger, giant panda, leopard, goat, cheetah, pony, brown bear, timber wolf, Shetland pony, hmm. python, Arabian horse, raccoon, hedgehog, and deer. Uh, when you go into the underwater and wetland animals department, you will find your mallard duck, your alligator, hopefully not living next door to each other, the great white shark, <laughs> octopus, anglerfish, and sea turtle. Uh, birds, you uh, somewhat underrepresented here with the macaw, the emperor, penguin, and the eagle, uh, pigeon fanciers, and robin affectionados. I'm afraid you're going to have to go to a different platform. House pets. Now, this is going to cause some controversy. Mm. You got your Pomeranian, Golden Retriever, Labrador, Rottweiler, French Bulldog, Pug, and Cat. Where is the Terrier, I ask? Where is the American Shorthair Cat? Their Where's cat the is not dog? just... Why, there are breeds of cats. Excuse you. Exactly. Cat. <laughs> well, so, so, you know, it's, it's easier to model the behavior of a cat, I suppose. For sure. Uh, you, you can also, I don't know if this is a pet, but uh, you also have <laughs> Neil Armstrong. So if you can get that Wait, little... Wait, where that- is that? Oh, you do. Oh, Neil Armstrong and Apollo 11 command module. Yeah. Oh. I think oh. I think that the Apollo 11 command module would qualify as a pet toy, where you sort of like shake it, it makes a little bell noise, and Neil Armstrong will like run to like get into the command module, and you keep moving it around like a laser pointer. I don't you know. Could, I haven't used it yet. You could also have a pet digestive system, a pet respiratory system, a pet endocrine system. This is, I actually didn't realize. I mean, I I knew, I knew theoretically that these things existed because of the whole Google education initiative that we've seen unfold over time. But I never actually thought about the fact that like there is a human muscular system that you can zoom in and out of. In AR, mm. um, I guess now this is something to to try out. Being that I'm sure everybody listening to this has absolutely nothing better to do, literally, because we can't <laughs> go anywhere. So, yeah, and it's, it's see, and so they definitely added to this since I first added this to the doc. There's only like three or four categories here. Now Timber I think there's wolf? like human just... human anatomical systems, cellular structures under more. There you go. That's where you got your Neil Armstrong ribosomes. Smooth endoplasmic reticulum. Oh my gosh, this is taking me back to high school. <laughs> Nuclear membrane. Well, okay, I, you see, I was I was going to bring it up that uh, there the technology changes, but there are things there are there are threads that run all the way through the human experience. Mm-hmm. And, yes. And <laughs> just as it. the first thing you do as a naughty little kid when you when you're left all alone in the library with the encyclopedia is I'm going to look for anatomical pictures mm-hmm. of bikini areas mm-hmm. of any gender that i wish to pursue and oh look <laughs> and so it, it, it was true with printed material and maybe film strips when I, when I when i was a little kid and later generations they had access to the internet that was that was more interesting and now the kids of today the naughty little kids <laughs> look we're sending a spaceship off this guy's urethra Woo! that actually <laughs> It actually sounds kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Not for the guy who's a spaceship yep, no, going up the urethra, but I'm um, ching. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway, if anyway. you if if those of you out there have some fun with this, please do let us know because <laughs> you know I, 
now I have to try this. I mean, really, who doesn't want to hang out with a virtual Neil Armstrong? So what was it like when you got up there and you saw that the Russians got there first? <laughs> so, yeah, get, get, anyway. Get, I, th- I think these work with a camera app as well. So if you want to take a selfie with a peripheral nervous system, you know, just to, as a gag photo or for your for your Christmas card photo, go go for it. Yes, or a uh, or a uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, um, uh, a central central vacuole. <laughs> center vacuum. <laughs> no central vacuole. V a c u o l e. But seriously, only three birds <laughs> still. <laughs> I know, like. There's so many I mean, beautiful who do, birds who are so beautiful. Why do you why is yeah. there not a bush tit on there? I would love to see a little bush tit. Why not? Mm. I mean, who who doesn't know what a smooth endoplasmic reticulum looks like? I mean, that's a failure of our educational system, if if if, if anything. <laughs> Golgi apparatus. It's just mm. uh, well, I flag- feel like we've done flagellum. something good here today. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. Glad, I'm I'm glad that see and uh, to, like at right, at the hour and five minute mark every single week I've been like scrolling to the bottom, highlighting this entire story and coloring it gray, saying that we did not get to it th- this time. But doggone it, if I spend all this time typing up all the things that were available in Google AR, I'm going to definitely try to use this. So we've struck that off the docket. Uh, tomorrow, next week, we will have the prom- the promised tales of woe regarding mm. uh, Google Play Music. I have not been your so tales of woe. <laughs> I guess I should try it. I mean, just I, I feel really left out of this. Sorry, I, I don't want to you know keep us going, but I do want to say I feel very left out of this current conversation regarding the music thing because I'm on Spotify. Yeah. So I gave up a long time ago having a music <laughs> library. <laughs> My music library, you know what it is? It's a literal box. No, excuse me. It's a binder of CDs that I left at my parents' house. It's still there. (laughs) My brother told me he found out the other day, and he's been ripping the CDs and putting it on his media server. So now I feel like I need to go rescue my binder of CDs and do that instead at my own house. Because why (laughs) why is my music with my brother? So anyway, thanks. Shout out to my brother for taking on that labor. Uh, you need you need to have these artifacts of these things that you once cherished in your development as a tasteful. Uh, well, in my, in my brother's in my brother's motivation is I think similar to yours, Andy, which is that the CD produces the best quality sound off the rip. So that's why it's it's for me. It's not just that. It's that I want to be able to know for a fact where my Wendy Carlos album is. And I don't, and it's the, the great thing about versus having, you, Control but, F. Yeah, it's still because okay. If you if you have it on your home media server, wherever you put it, it will stay there. And if you look fair. for it, that's where you'll find it. That's and the fair. number of times where like, with Google Play Music, I've been like, oh well, okay, gee, I found that really uh, that that really nice album two days ago. Well, since it was a recent album, I'm sure I'll be able to find it in recents. Like. No, first I have to say, oh, it's time for Mellow Mixtape Marshmallow Monday. No, I really don't want that. Oh, oh, so the bass player in Prince's second band had a birthday this week, and he also had a solo. Okay, thank you. Like, okay, no, this I, is I don't just want to go to music this. apps encapsulated right here, Andy. Perfectly encapsulated. Just, I just want to listen to the Foo Fighters again. Is that such exactly. a horrible thing? that You want to stop me from doing that? It's the Foo Fighters, man. What's wrong with you? Well, stay tuned to next week because clearly Andy and I have both a lot to say about this stuff because yes. it's it's a touchy subject. Is it is indeed. 
Uh, so until then, anything uh, you'd like to uh, people to absolutely take a look at and not miss in the world of Flonus? Um, you'll start seeing. Sorry, you'll start seeing. I've been working a lot. I've been writing a lot. Um, so just check the usual suspects in my Twitter bio: Android Police, Life Hacker. You know those folks, those publications. I'm just around here working, there hanging out with my kid, eating, comfort <laughs> eating. <laughs> What about you, Andy? <laughs> uh, I've, uh, unless I'm preempted by another another persnickety politician who wants a half hour of my airtime on Boston Boston Public Radio, uh, most Fridays at around 11.30 in the morning, uh, I am definitely on uh, tomorrow at 11.30. You can stream it live or listen to it later at uh, at uh, WGBHnews.org. Just do a search for – if you can't find it on the first page, do a search for my last name, I-H-N-A-T-K-O, and they'll find all kinds of things of uh, me now now in my home studio. <laughs> I, isn't it, it's, just, it's just weird. You and me this, both, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> but it, 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 is, it is weird to me that I'm in my home studio on NPR. That's, that's just... Oh, that's the, I forgot to mention, tomorrow I'm playing Who Wants to Be a Bitcoinaire on Twit. Oh! If anybody's around for that, four, yeah. four o'clock, PT, <laughs> Pacific Time. Quit cool. after hours. A, cu- a couple of weeks ago, I was a, I was a judge on a cook- on their cooking I, competition. That I was, saw that they're, they're doing fun things each and every. Last week they had match game. <laughs> uh, kind of bummed I wasn't for that because that's yeah. like one of my that's one of my favorite pl- problematic seventies game shows. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, Dumb Dora was so dumb. How about David? How about dumb David one of these times, Gene? Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, the 70s. Drunks, drunks, drunk B-list celebrities in the 70s. That is a very, a lot of orange very specific. A lot yep, of orange yep. deep pile carpeting. Mm-hmm, a lot of mm-hmm. multi-lobed flowers that now look like things that you would see under a microscope. But so that's going to be it for us for this week. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to the show this week. Hope you listen again next week. Until then, have an absolutely excellent seven days, everybody. Perhaps a nuclear membrane? Perhaps it looks like a nuclear membrane is what you meant to say. See, the problem is that now, like, when I get an actual selfie because uh, I met a timber wolf, they're going to say, oh, I bet this is one of those AR things. No, 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 no. I had backstage passes and everything. And, like, because we, we follow each other on Instagram. And so we actually had, like, a conversation for 10 to 15 minutes. Now, see, it's just oh. madness. I'm going to stop recording now. <laughs> okay.